I try and write forever and always want to hold true to this is I don't write with the intention of putting a song out. I write with the intention of like for me. Like I write all my songs for me and if I like them enough, great, then they'll go out. So when I'm in that mindset, I'm not thinking about anybody else. I'm just putting it in my journal of quote unquote songs. So I think that's where I'm able to dive in and be so vulnerable is because I'm not thinking about the people that will actually listen to it, which gets me into trouble sometimes, but also I think lets it be as vulnerable and honest as possible. There's like a little snippet of like, ha ha ha, and like laughing and talking in it, if you remember that. And I like put that in there and I was like, this is my favorite part ever. Like it makes it feel like a memory, like whatever. And my producer's like, this is awesome, but you know, you're gonna have to reach out to them, right? And I was like, wait, what? Oh, was it a recording of you guys? Yeah. Was it a, like a video? It was a video and we just <gasps> took the vocal, the voice from it. <laughs> and I was like, I wanted to because you had to I, get his permission, right? I had like to get legally. his permission. I didn't even think about it. Hey, busy! Welcome to eighty twenty. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, so happy to have you here. So you are a Nashville music artist. Yep, Nashville-based, Maryland-born. Which is so funny. We figure that out in the hallway. Literally insane. And we probably cross paths before 100 percent, my sister has definitely docked your boat 100 <laughs> percent. so when like when did she work there like like she, recently yeah she works there the last i think it's the last two summers and then she's gonna do it again this summer oh so i'll definitely see her like this yeah. summer that's crazy. she's like the one girl out of like the six hot like little water boat guys and we're They're, always like are you so kidding me my mom always brings like bagels and like snacks and uh, stuff so if she ever has like mentioned a snack it might have been for my mom i need to go ask her because that's such a small what okay you were you were over by the Harris Teeter area. Yes. And then you moved. Okay. Yeah. So crazy. Yeah. And I have a lot of like DC, Annapolis, Ocean City listeners. Where did you go to high school? I went to Stephen Decatur. Okay. I don't know what that is. So if you're coming in on 50, which if you like frequented, frequented Fenwick, you probably wouldn't come in on 50. Yeah. But it's like the only high school in. Okay. Then you definitely know my cousins too. Did they go to Decatur? Yeah. I think so. Okay. That's crazy. Such a small world. Literally the smallest. Such a small, I, I feel like Maryland's such a small town. It's such a small town, but the like, I've lived here for, this is my sixth year, and the first year I moved here, I was like, there's going to be no one from Maryland. Within like the second year, I feel like half my friends are from Maryland, and I didn't know them in Maryland. Like, That's I met them in Nashville. Great. Wait, okay, so, so what weird. part of Maryland were you, like, raised in? Yeah. I was technically born in Ohio, but Wait, I don't Wait, me claim. too. Shut the frick up. Where, Where were you born? Cincinnati. Okay, Cleveland. Okay. But That's how long did you live there? Six months. Okay, I lived there for like two years. Okay. I was okay. <laughs> this is so weird. <laughs> That's amazing. So I lived there for two years, and then I moved to um, Maryland, like Bethesda area. Okay, yeah. sweet. And then grew up and then went to high school in D.C. And okay. then moved to Nashville for college. That's so crazy. Literally insane. Okay, so you went to Nashville for college. Nashville for college. Went to okay. Belmont. Nice. And did you study music? So I went in undecided, okay. and then I was like, I don't know what I want to do. And so then I applied for the songwriting program, and I didn't get in. So then I was like, okay, I will just do music business. So I did music business for like two years, and then I like didn't realize the part of music business is like a business degree. So you have to do all like the math classes and accounting and crap. And like when I go into like math classes, my brain like doesn't even try it just starts shutting down I'm like <laughs> like it's just nothing so I went I walked into my accounting class and like halfway through I was like failing and I went into the um professor's office to be like what do I like I'm not like a straight A student but I'm definitely not like a fail kind of person right. so I'm like okay this is stressing me out so I walk in and I'm like what do I do what do I do and she's like she can't literally and I'm starting to like tear up and cry in her office she hands me a tissue and she goes 
and you should drop the class. And I was like, okay, we're done here. So I dropped the class and dropped my major and switched to creative industry studies, which is like an easier music business minus the math. Okay, honestly, though, that's probably like the better route. Did you get to do For more sure. creative, more like writing, mm-hmm. English, like that kind of path? Yeah. Okay. And it was just, it left more time, like because I wasn't so stressed with school to like co-write and learn how to just do the music industry outside of Belmont, which like is what it's for. Mm-hmm. So. So what was that process like for you? It was like, I think I always knew, like I always knew I wanted to do the creative route. I was just like getting the balls to do it. Mm-hmm. And so like. Starting out, I was like, I want to be the artist. I always knew I wanted to be the artist, but, like, didn't have the guts to say it. So then, like, slowly worked up my, like, I guess, like, how do you say that? Like, gum- gumption? Yeah. Um, and, like, walked into rooms as just a songwriter. And I was like, all right, I'll learn the ropes as, like, co-writing because I didn't even know what that was. Like, it was just, it was me writing in my room until I got to college. And then I was like, oh, people write together. So I learned how to do that for, like, three years. And then... It wasn't until COVID when I was like, all right, literally the only reason you're not doing the artist thing is because you're terrified and mm-hmm. like that's no reason at all. You need to just get out there. And so I started texting people that like were close now, songwriter friends of mine, and I was like thinking about putting out an artist project, like what would you think about it? And they were like so supportive. Like I attribute so much of like me even putting myself out there to just like the confidence that my friends gave me and they were like we're gonna help you we'll write like we'll do it I wrote for like a year and a half for myself um before I even felt like I like hit some sort of like oh this feels like me and then once I like wrote anybody I was like oh this is the song I want to release do you think as a creative your process was better because of the support that you had and your friends kind of just like pushing you to that next level 1000 percent. I just think that support in general is so important in any endeavor but creative especially because it's not it's so opinion based and Mm -hmm. it's so like like math two plus two equals four and in creative it's like orange blue green someone could think that's ugly someone could think that's amazing and it's just so you're just putting yourself out there on a platter to be judged for everybody so if you don't have a support system behind you being like you're amazing you can do this even though it's like some days you really do suck like it's tough so overcoming that fear that yeah. you had, you mentioned like during COVID, maybe like lockdown, were you back home in Maryland? Yes. Because you, did you have more time to just like be at peace to totally. some degree? Totally. Okay. Had time to think and just kind of come down from like, I don't know, just like being away from my family. Like I'm super, super close with my family. And like over COVID, it was like such a special time. Like we all always talk about it because it was kind of like a time for us to like re-meet each other. Like being because all of us were home in this weird like serendipitous way like everybody just came home at the same time and then we were all locked down together so it was like lots of family fights but also like we like grew up together but now we were like meeting each other as adults Mm. and it was such a special like bonding thing so it gave me time to like come down and kind of like go back to my roots as they say and just like figure out like what was important to me and like kind of sift through all the bullshit yeah, I kind of had a similar experience during quarantine because I have I'm the middle. Me too. I, How many siblings do you have? Are we the same person? I, 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 this is sounding like kind of <laughs> kind of weird, but like in like a cool way. No, so I'm the middle. I've got an older sister and a younger sister. I have two older sisters, one younger, all girls. Maybe? So, yeah, uh, that's uh, so uh, crazy. I love it. How I did this it. happen? No, that's literally, so we're living weird. parallel lives. We are. This is so weird. And then I've got tons of friends that are like, "Oh, you need to move to Nashville." I had one friend like my friends dropped me off, and they were like you need to move here because you could record podcasts all the time. Yeah, you need to move here. 
I'll just say that now. Like Thank I'm here, you. so like your parallel life is here, so it must be. It's become. starting to sound really good. Great. <laughs> Start like Great. twist my arm. <laughs> twist my arm. We'll move to Nashville. I had a very similar experience. Like I felt like it was such a time to be more at peace totally. and kind of reconnect. And I had a lot of big self discoveries, mm-hmm. and so from a personal experience, I can totally relate to you when you say like, it was just kind of time to make a shift. Yeah. And so when you started to write, you wrote for about a year and a half. Yeah. For me. So I was writing a lot, like before I was writing in my room and like for me and things that I would write and be like, Oh, that's not something I could pitch to other artists. And then I was writing with other artists, but, uh, for like a year and a half, I was like in co-writing rooms and by myself writing to like like get better and find my kind of sound more with a purpose okay what's that process like for you um I would say it's very different in writing with people and writing by myself like there I would say there's like two processes writing with people took me a minute to learn how to be the artist in the room because I'm very much like grew up a people pleaser grew up very much like trying to get into the minds of somebody else to see what they wanted me to be and then I would mirror that so that like and I'm so grateful for this opportunity to like write for myself because it's made me unlearn a lot of those habits and like Mm -hmm. kind of helped me not people please as much still recovering you know um but it's it was it made me really just kind of like shift and have to look inward in a conversation where there's usually it's like two or three people in the room and um where I would normally be thinking about what they're thinking about I had to think about what I was thinking about and how I was feeling and be like very much in touch with like what I was going through so that process just like with other people like it really involves me being very vulnerable and very honest and trying to be like okay this is what I'm trying to say but I usually try and come in with some sort of angle like I want to write about my siblings or I want to write about this relationship or whatever just because it's so hard to get into someone else's mind that like giving them a path of like hey this is where I'm leading everybody if we can all go down this road together that would be great Whereas, like, if I'm writing by myself, it's very much, like, sit in my room and, like, fiddle on my guitar for, like, 20 minutes until I kind of find a sound and, like, a lyric that I like. And then I follow that path because it's easy because I'm in my own mind. I'm not, like, leading people with me. Um, I don't know. I love them both equally, but it's, yeah, they're both very self-discovery-esque things. That's so interesting to hear about because I have always been so fascinated just by the music industry in general yeah. and so the writing process I like to write not songs but um <laughs> let's I be just, clear let's be clear I don't write songs <laughs> but I do like to write in general and yeah. so writing like just like journaling or I have a little writing project that I'm working on right now totally and it's been such a therapeutic process and I can imagine that writing songs is oh the exact same thing 1000 percent. like as every freaking songwriter artist says like it saved my life for sure yeah. because it's just it's therapy a hundred times a day 24 7 you're diving into your psyche and thinking about how other people are thinking and I don't know it's so helpful speaking of songwriting let's talk about your new EP I don't get breakups ah, my first EP it was so awesome to put out it feels like chapter done yeah feels nice to have out what is your favorite song on the EP oh that's so tough because can I say two? Sure. There are no Kay. rules. Probably. Okay. I Don't Get Breakups is probably like the pinnacle. Obviously, that's why the EP is called I Don't Get Breakups. It just kind of describes the entire thing. So I love that. And I love performing it. Um, but my favorite one is Just Yet because I wrote that one alone. And I wrote that one in such a vulnerable time in my life. And like I wrote that actually before 
I even said I was going to be like an artist. Um, and it was just always important to me and always like rang so true to me. And then being able to release it and like have it do well and have people reach out and be like, this helped me so much through my breakup. Like coolest thing ever. I was so. driving in the car with my sister and I think anybody came on mm. and she, this is like, I guess when anybody came out, was it two years ago? Yeah. Like a year and a half. Okay. And we like cranked it up and we're like, who is this girl? She's so ah. good. Like this song is so awesome. And then I heard just yet. Did that come out before? That came out okay. just after anybody was the first one. And then just yet came out like a couple months after. Okay. So then that timing adds up a little bit, but we heard that one and we were like, wait, this feels so personal. Aww. We're like, this just hits home. And so your songwriting ability to really just resonate with the listener is on a whole nother level. That's so freaking nice. Thank you. Absolutely. Do you think that there's something that has kind of trained you to do that? Or is it just kind of like innately in you? Have you like twisted your technique to kind of be that vulnerable? I think, I think no. And I think, I think it's like, like the way I try and write forever and always want to hold true to this is I don't write with the intention of putting a song out. I write with the intention of like for me, like I write all my songs for me. And if I like them enough, great, then they'll go out. But like I go into my room not being like, I'm going to write this so it'll go on hot 99.5. Like I'm, I'm like, I just need to write this to write it and get it off my chest. So when I'm in that mindset, I'm not thinking about anybody else. I'm just putting like it in my journal of, quote unquote songs so I think that's where I'm able to dive in and be so vulnerable is because I'm not thinking about <laughs> the people that will actually listen to it which gets me into trouble sometimes but also I think lets it be as vulnerable and honest as possible have you ever had an experience where someone's texted you and been like whoa this is about me yes okay <laughs> how did that go if you're open to sharing no yeah so there's been sweet ones and then there's been not so sweet ones <laughs> Um, but this one, okay. So this one, he didn't actually text me. I had to reach out with just yet in the beginning of the recording. There's, um, there's like a little snippet of like, ha ha ha. And like laughing and talking in it. If you remember that. And I like put that in there and I was like, this is my favorite part ever. Like it makes it feel like a memory, like whatever. And my producer's like, this is awesome, but you know, you're going to have to reach out to him. Right. And I was like, Wait, what? Oh, was it a recording of you guys? Yeah. Was it a, like a video? It was a video, and we <gasps> just took the vocal, the voice from it. <laughs> and I was like, I want to die. Because you had to I, get his permission, right? I had like to get illegally. his permission. I didn't even think about it. I was oh. like, just in my creative like world, I was like, this right. is amazing. And then, <clears throat> and then he's like, you have to reach out to him. And I'm like, okay. So I look back at our text. We hadn't talked in like two and a half years. And I'm like, I'm oh. going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. So then I text him out of the blue. I haven't talked to this man in two and a half years. I'm like, hey. Long time no chat. Should we like hop on a call quick? <laughs> He's like, uh, at work, like I'll call you in 30 minutes. And I'm like, okay. I'm sweating for those 30 minutes. I'm like, what is he gonna say? What is he gonna say? I get on the phone and he's like, um, he's like, hey, and I'm like, hey, so like gonna release a song about you. It's a sweet one, but like still has you in it. Is that okay? And he's like, Yeah, you're welcome for the inspiration. Whoa. I was like, I hate you. <laughs> Bye. I'm done. Oh so then my I was gosh. like, awesome. Hope you're doing well. And then like literally got on the phone with my best friend. And I was like, what the frick? <laughs> You'll never believe what just happened. Literally. But oh my whatever. gosh. You're welcome for the inspiration. I was like, come on, man. Like, don't be a wow. jerk. Yeah. 
That's hilarious. So I have some good stories for sure. Um, yeah, comes with the territory. But I'm also like, I get the last word because I'm the songwriter. So Absolutely. no matter what you say to me, it doesn't matter because I will forever get the last word. Right, yeah. So I feel like <laughs> almost like I need to get advice from you in this area. And I love this. Okay, great. Perfect. Um, <laughs> so I have a chapter in a book coming out love. in two weeks. Wait, you're writing a book? Somewhat. So it's it's an anthology. What is anthology? Okay, I'll give you the I'll give you the skinny. So this woman <laughs> this, I'll get the skinny. You get the skinny. This uh woman named Jess Buchanan, she's okay. a mentor of mine. She has a crazy traumatic insane story of how she got kidnapped she she was working as a humanitarian aid worker in somalia okay kidnapped by somalian pirates held captive in the desert for a hundred days or about a hundred days and then rescued by seal team six insane story i had her on the podcast i'll send it to you yeah please send it to me insane story she wrote a book called impossible odds and that kind of outlines the kidnapping the rescue and kind of the aftermath and like recovery of that yeah um since then she has really turned her platform into um or you know kind of use the story as a launch pad to have a platform so she speaks at um different events ted talks navy seal foundation stuff um she's got a publishing company i feel like i could connect to you guys because she is an incredible writer not songwriting i know that it's a lot different no it's still writing I, i feel like there might be something cool there i would love that she is putting out her second uh, volume in this series. So her first book was Impossible Odds. Her second book was called Deserts to Mountaintops. And she did one chapter in the front of that book and then invited like 20 other women to write a chapter. <gasps> Dude. Yeah. So, yeah. Let's go. So, so kind of cool. Um, so I'm, I wrote a chapter Amazing. in her second volume of that. And it's coming out in two weeks. But I'm freaking out. Why? Yeah. Because I wrote about... Um, people and things that really did me dirty, and yeah. so now I'm like, I'm waiting for the phone call. You're like, shit, 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 shit. Honestly, though, okay, this sounds probably fucked up. Am I about to curse on here? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's actually like the best feeling ever. Like, there's like, <laughs> <laughs> there's like such a feeling of like, like untouchableness that you get with it. Like, you're like, yeah, like they could definitely be so mad and probably shit talk me or whatever. But I'm also like you're in a fucking book like you're like i'm putting these words in a book about how you wronged me like now the entire world knows about it yeah and like well and it's kind of like weird and poetic in a way that like i'm the only one who knows who like this guy is who totally me totally but he knows who he is too yeah yeah it's just you two and you're like what's up i don't it's kind of like a weird feeling but how have you dealt with maybe on a personal level yeah because it's like these people were once close to you or totally. maybe it's your family learning about things that <laughs> that's like gun girl yes yeah, super- <laughs> like my grandparents pre-ordered this on amazon i got the forward from right. it and i talk about things that i'm you know it's i'm like, talking about sex grandma don't yeah no and out I, me yeah and so i'm you know i like i talk about shame and yeah. you know just like it's it's so wildly vulnerable it's terrifying and yeah. so how do you deal with that yeah. On a very personal level. It, there totally is that aspect to it. I don't know. So on the aspect of like the human that I'm talking about, when I release it, it feels like it's no longer mine. Mm-hmm. Like it's like I write it, I pour every ounce of my emotion, everything into it. But once it's out into the world, it's like, okay, that's somebody else's. Like even to this day, I look at my Spotify page and I'm like, 
that's awesome for that person. But, like, it does not feel like it's mine, which is, like, probably something I need to dive into, but also, like, helps me be, like, there's, like, gap from it. There's, like, like disassociating. Yeah, there's, from, like, a little bit of, yeah. like, this is me, and that's something I wrote that now other people can either love or hate, and that's fine. But it's not, like, who I am. And then when it comes to, like, my family and my parents and, like, people that I love that I, like, am talking about intimate things and don't necessarily share those things with them otherwise, it's tough. And it's something that, like, I've had to, like, work through with my parents and stuff. And just in, like, in the sense of, like, my family, my mom's super Christian. And I was raised that way. And um, I believe in God, but I have definitely a different relationship Mm. of like the faith and of all of that stuff with um then my parents do and so I don't know we've gotten to this place like a really healthy place of them being like as long as you're being like truthful and you're saying what you really feel like you need to be is need to be said then like we support you and we're there for you 24 7 and like that is such an awesome feeling to be like okay they don't love when I say like dick in my song but like <laughs> But, like, they're still going to be at every concert and be like, we freaking love our dad or, like, we're there for you. And so, like, that's when I can be like, okay, it's going to be fine. Like, even if – I don't know. I just think that there ne- there's, like, such an understanding because, like, I think the reasons that, like, my songs hit people so much is because I'm brutally honest. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not brutally honest, then I'm not being honest with myself yeah. or it's with like, them. It's like, what's the point at that point? Totally. You know? And, like, my parents can see that. And, like, my grandparents can see that even if they don't get the – language or the promiscuous moments in them or whatever so it's definitely been a battle but I think it's also helped like our relationships grow too Mm, that's so interesting that you say that because I two weeks out now from this has anybody in your family read it so my sister both my siblings are easy you're like so easy mom's gonna kill you for this (laughs) line but like you're doing great I love that one Yeah. yeah no and it's so true and so like I sent it to both my siblings and they were like rock on girl yes. like get it um but yeah and then I sent it to my mom and I said I don't want any feedback yeah yeah and you sometimes have to say that yeah and but but I think it was good and then she ended up sending me like a really nice message good um, so okay. it was good but I'm like I don't know it's just still such a weird but totally. I'm, I'm I'm I really appreciate your advice because that's totally. so helpful and just hearing it from someone who has been in that position before is yeah. so so helpful so thank you I honestly have no idea what I'm doing and I wing it every single time but I think that that's half the fun too you know and also like like I think like once that book comes out you're gonna be like so empowered you're gonna be like I wrote those words and like they're honest and like yeah that's terrifying but that's like so empowering you know I hope so yeah I want to I want to talk to you in like two weeks and then you can be like yeah I feel like a bad bitch I'll send you please do I want to read it absolutely oh so awesome I would love to okay let's talk about tiktok great and social media yes because from what i've heard a lot of your initial success came from tiktok totally i will never bash tiktok as long as i live because it gave me the platform that i have like it's a tool if it's used correctly and sometimes i don't use it correctly it's a tool and it's like i just think that like the amount of audience and people we can reach this these days is insane and like people like me would have never had a career 20 years ago when labels were running the show um so it's something that I struggle with but also really am so grateful for 
because it can either be so time consuming and you can fall down like the doom scroll on TikTok and be like, okay, what the frick am I doing with my life? Everyone's more successful, whatever. Or you can be like, great, I have a new song. I'm going to be able to post about it 24-7 and reach people in freaking London and Australia that I would have never been able to reach. So I try and really keep my mind towards that. And my sister can attest that, like, we've got some spirally days. But, like, for the most part, I try and keep it positive. How do you deal with hate? Hopefully it's it doesn't come <coughs> a lot. But when and if it does, how do you deal with that? In probably, like, like a egotistical way but i'm like this is fake like (laughs) (laughs) i look at the comments and i'm like you're like a 12 year old boy in your little basement complaining about something and like i'm sure i know not everybody likes my music that's that would be insane if they did you know but it's one of those things that like i think comes with the territory and also like growing up i like i adore my father but my dad is my harshest critic ever like I would go down and show him songs, and he'd be like, yeah, I don't like it. And I'd be like, okay, I'm going to go cry in my room for a little bit, but then I'd write another one. And so, like, I think having him as a as a dad and as, like, just something, like, constantly being like, no, that's not it. Like, it doesn't scare me when someone says, like, that's a shitty song or, oh, I hate this or this is cringe or whatever because it's like, sure, you can think that, but, like, at least I'm doing it. At least I'm putting myself yeah. out there, you know? And, like, I think – when I get in those moments of like, oh my God, like I suck, this is terrible, whatever, I can like go back to like, am I being honest? Am I being vulnerable? Am I being real? And if I am, then it's easier to be like, okay, well, someone can hate on it, but I'm I'm still me. Whereas like I'll post things sometimes and I'll be like, ooh, that was not me. I should not have posted that. That feels unreal. And then if I get like a comment like, this is cringe, I'm like, and you're right, it is. And so then it's just like, checking myself constantly i don't know but yeah. i'm still learning how to i feel like it. that's a good a good skill to have though <clears throat> like you know just like taking a little like self-inventory but also not letting the negative feedback bring you down totally which is so cliche to say no but, but i think yeah and no but you're so right in the fact that like you don't like these people really don't matter no they don't they really don't all. matter totally and i think it's the people closest to you where you know if you're in your upbringing you know being challenged and uh encouraged in a very honest Thanks, way <laughs> in a very honest way i feel like that is so empowering yeah totally you know, kind of like sets you up to receive feedback totally and it's funny because like at the time i would have told you no way is it empowering but now i'm like okay i'll take that i've got some i don't have thick skin i would say i'm definitely sensitive but i have a thick skin in the sense of like i can get to the root of it but you know, it's learning every day. So let's talk a little bit about little you, like childhood mm. you. Kay. Did you always want to do music? So it's funny. No, I grew up like the sports kid of my family. Okay. was always like doing swimming, soccer, tennis, like 24-7. Just had way too much energy for my own good, which is where the nickname Busy came from. Um, but I grew up like on a summer swim team and like fell in love with swimming and originally wanted to be an Olympic swimmer, which is so funny now because that's so far from what I'm doing. But I did that from when I was like three to like 17 and I was like competitively swimming, swimming like the four a.m. Can I ask what your, um, what like if your you say US you swim, I'm going to freak no, out. No, I did. What was your, Shut up. what was your USA team? It, what do you mean my USA team? Like, did you like, do you like USA swim meets? No, I did. Okay. Um, we, what did I do? I did Tollefson, Sea Devils, and what was that other one? What, I don't know. What county was Bethesda? Montgomery. 
Okay. Yeah. Uh, what was yours? Well, so I was down on in Ocean City, so yeah. we were the um, Ocean Pines Hammerheads. Okay. And Did you do the? Um, I would it? do like meets at um, like the Naval Academy. We would yes. Do, yeah. I'm sure we swam against each other. What is going on? That's crazy. Wait, did you do um? Oh my gosh, Junior Olympics. No, okay. I wasn't that good. Okay, that I was wasn't like my that good. pinnacle moment. But I was like, if you did that, then we have met. Oh my god, that's crazy. Yeah, no, we would just do. I would do like USA meets and stuff. Okay, but like you know, just nothing. So I insane. wasn't that fast. But if you swam in high school too, I'm sure our maybe our high school swam against you. Maybe St. John's. Uh, I don't know. Eh. In DC, maybe. I, I don't like know. It was so long ago. So now. long ago. So long ago. <laughs> I can't remember. Oh, God. Yeah. But, yeah, it's funny. Then I pivoted to music when I injured my back, and I was like, okay, can't do swimming, so. Did you play, like, guitar, piano, or anything growing up? Yeah. Okay. So I, like, did the classic, like, you'd play piano. Like, I'd do piano lessons for, like, two weeks. Not two weeks. Probably a couple months. And then I'd, like, drop out. And then every once in a while, would, like, kind of pop back in piano lessons. And then I took guitar lessons my eighth grade year. And that was when I really started to be like, oh, this is kind of fun. And I would just, like, play in my room and kind of started to write around, like, 12 or 13. And that's when I, like, always just looked at it as a hobby. It was, like, just something fun to do in my room. And I was obsessed with Taylor Swift. So I was like, she writes songs. I can write songs. (laughs) Like, hello. (laughs) And so – and my older sister played guitar. So that's why I originally started. And I took – I was in choir in high school. And then I did, like, voice lessons on the side. Just, I don't honestly know why, which is funny. Like, I think going into high school, I was like, oh, music could be, like, a cool thing. Like, sounds fun to be, like, a singer. And then, but, like, didn't know. And then when I injured my back, I was like, oh, we're just going to full on pivot. I I always truly believe, though, that we always end up where we're supposed to be. And so injuring your back led you to. One. Yeah. Thousand percent. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Everything happens for the way it's supposed to. For sure. Every time. Let's talk about. You toured. I you w- toured. You went on a little bit of a tour recently. Mm-hmm. What was the highlight of that? Oh, my God. So it was my first tour. So I was just like a little kid in a candy shop. It was so fun. And so I was touring with Friendship, who are like my dear friends. I love them. And so I think like, my I don't know, my favorite, there's so many favorite parts, but I think my favorite part was being able to like perform these songs live that like I had been singing in my room for so long and like I'd played one-off shows and stuff. So like I'd gotten to see it, but like doing it in every single city and seeing like different fans and like just, I don't know the interactions. I think I'm just such a people person that like getting to meet these people and be like, Oh my God, like you messaged me on Instagram or, Oh, I remember this photo that you like tagged me in because you whatever. And like getting to connect with them and see like how my songs like actually affected like real humans was probably my favorite part. It was just like, I don't know. I freaking love tour. I want to go back a hundred times. Do you have plans to go back anytime soon? Fingers crossed. We have no idea. It's kind of up in the air right now, but that's the goal. Okay. That's exciting. Yeah. It was just such a fun experience and like going to different cities. I like, I'm not a traveler. Like I would say like my younger sister and my old, my second oldest sister like have the travel bug. They want to go to like Uganda and Fiji and whatever. And like, I would look at them and kind of envy it because I'd be like, well, I want to want to travel. Like, that sounds really cool. But, like, I'm, like, a routine human. Like, I like my routines. I like waking up and I like making my bed and doing my coffee and whatever. And I was a little nervous to go on tour just because I was, like, I like routines. And I didn't know how it was going to, like, 
roll with that or whatever but it was so amazing like it was like it gave me like this like ability to like get into a cool routine but also be in a different city every night and like get to experience traveling but experience traveling with like a purpose and I think that that's like I don't know it was like my perfect little travel guide what was your favorite city oh that's so hard I think okay there's two either so okay Chicago was my favorite one like music wise because they are fans of music like holy smokes like I was I remember talking to one of my friends and they were like Chicago is just a different breed like they are just like music fans and I was like okay went there and I was like blown away like these people were rowdy and like knew every single lyric to every single song and it was just like the energy was different so that was really awesome and I had never been to Chicago so that was fun um and then Minneapolis like the show was really fun and the people were amazing but the city was so cool I got to walk around before and it's like this hidden gem that like nobody knows about it. it's extremely clean and like such a cute little like city and town and like I don't know if it wasn't so cold I'd probably live there that's so interesting I know what it's a, so yeah. funny it's such a random place I've never been me neither until then yeah that must be so fun though like getting to just see like little glimpses into different cities and life and yeah it was like the perfect ADHD tour because you're only there for Love like it. a night yeah so I'm like done not bored yet I just got a little taste did you have a bus no, we were in a sprinter van. So okay. it was me, my manager, and my two bandmates and a photographer. So fun. Yeah, it was really fun. It was, like, just, like, such good memories. Like, us after shows, like, driving at 3 a.m., like, absolutely cracked out on, like, the high of being on stage and the fact that we haven't slept in God knows how long. It was so fun. We have such good memories from that trip. That's incredible. I yeah. was I looked through your Instagram a little bit, a little, a little, a little, little IG stalking. I love Uh, it. And it looked so fun. It looked like such a blast. That is something like, I hope every tour is like, and I don't know if it will be, but like, I think also like being such close friends with the headliners was like such a gift because we were able to like go and they were like, they treated us so well. They were just like nice and would let us share the like green rooms and like let us eat their food and like hang out with them and just like, be goofy during sound check and like it felt like one big family kind of traveling together which was such an awesome experience so, so. I want to kind of talk about friendships in your 20s but also totally. friendships in doing something that's not a normal nine-to-five totally because there are so many people who listen to the podcast and probably my top question that I get from people is yeah. how do I make friends because I'm not totally. doing the traditional thing yes 100 making friends as an adult is extremely hard it's one of the hardest tasks i think i've ever done yeah and it's also like you're you're not you're not trying to change for other people now Mm -hmm. it's like you're trying to be more you so like you're not trying to people please your way into a friendship or do things you don't like you're like okay i'm old enough to be like no i don't fucking want to stay out till five in the morning and do that and if you do amazing but like I'm, like, such a grandma. Like, I'm, like, I don't want to stay out till 5 in the morning and party. Like, I want to go bake cookies and watch a movie and, like, maybe do a puzzle. Like, (laughs) but it's, like, finding people like that to, like, connect with and, like, where do you go? You don't just, like, find them on the streets. I don't know. My way of finding friends, like, I was fortunate in the way that Belmont is so weird because it's all music people and it's, like, the industry is Nashville and L.A. So all of my friends are either stayed in Nashville or they moved to L.A., so it was such an like an easy transition for lack of a better word from college to real life because it felt like 
nothing changed because it kind of felt like I was already in the industry through Belmont. So I just kind of like moved into a different house and kind of found more friends through that. But I do cherish my friends that I found like outside of college and like not in the industry. I think like the biggest superpower is like finding, finding like one friend. And if you can find one friend, like taking that friend everywhere and being like, let's go to the bar. Let's go to like, uh, like a meeting, not a meet and greet, but like just like different little events. And there, like, I feel like I've picked up so many friends like that. We did like a, not a karaoke night. What was it? Uh, trivia night at a bar and I feel like I made like four friends and we still hang out to this day and I'm like it's just like dumb little things that you're like I don't want to go but like forcing yourself to like be put yourself out there and be like all right I'm gonna do it I think that's helped me a lot I love that I think for me I would totally agree like the best friendships that I've acquired are ones that I've kind of like collected totally like in random places totally um I worked at a restaurant briefly and what kind of restaurant um in Annapolis. Oh, okay. So yeah, that's yeah. how you have the bag. Yeah, so I got, got, got a backpack. Got it. It's a good backpack. I packed in a carry-on and like that was my, I, I had like a small like, carry-on duffel. Do you know oh, I was going to say, you no. just packed that whole bag. Uh-uh. No, no way. No For way. For giving you guys context, it's like a little Under Armour like backpack. Yeah. And I thought she carried her entire stuff. No, no, no. That was packed to the brim so much so that it was, um, I was like sitting at the gate and I like went to get my computer Ugh, and like everything, everything spilled out. And then yeah. like these guys are like watching me, mm-hmm. like try to stuff everything back in. It was really embarrassing. Were they cute too? No. Oh, okay. They were just judgmental. <laughs> yeah. You're like, all right, close your eyes. You're not even cute. Yeah, and I'm like, you could help me. Yeah. You literally. Could come over and help me. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> but no. Anyway, um, I don't even know where I was going with this. Sorry, I cut you off. No, no, you no, wor- you joined a restaurant. You worked at a restaurant. Yes. Okay. So yeah. So I worked at a restaurant, and people coming into the restaurant kind of just like naturally became totally. friends. Whether I didn't it's think like, oh, like hey, like you know, like let me, you know, let me get you a drink. Okay, like you know, do you want to exchange information? Totally. And so I think it's like you can almost pick them up anywhere. But what I've also realized is that then it's uh, backfired sometimes because okay. I'm a little too nice. Oh, Have okay. you struggled with this as well? I think no, because I wish, like, I wish I was, like, I, w- I would say, like, I'm a people pleaser, but I'm also, like, someone who, like, gets overwhelmed by too many things to do, so mm-hmm. then I just stop answering my phone. That's valid. So yeah. it's, like, not the best thing to do, but I think that that is how I've, like, maintained not, like, I've maintained a good amount of friendships where, like, the ones that I'm, like, not that close with, I they kind of, like, like fizzle. Yeah, they fizzle because yeah. I just, like, won't put the effort in. Which is probably a downfall, but I think that's helped me in some ways. I feel like though that could be good because you're putting your priorities, you know, yeah. putting your energy into your priorities. Definitely, definitely priorities. I just think I also just like as we get older, like that's like one thing I'm so like adamant about is like the qu- quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. we don't have like people who work nine to five, like they have like two hours after work. If maybe they're probably freaking dead tired. Yeah. And then they go to bed and then they do the same thing. And then their weekends are like gold to them. Like my friend works nine to five and she's like, my weekends are everything to me. And so like, I don't want to spend it with someone that I'm like mediocrely close with. Like she's like, I have like five close friends and that's like all I can even handle. And sometimes that feels like too much. And like, I think as we get older, like it's so much more like putting in effort into the close friends that you have and really being like, I cherish this friendship and I want this to work. Like, even as life gets busier and more crazy. Yeah, I agree. Like, definitely, like, putting your priorities straight yeah. and in order. Yeah, for absolutely. Sure. 
All right, so we're going to do a little bit of rapid fire questions. Every podcast does this, and I sweat every time. <laughs> all right, all right. If you're not already, already sweating because of the lights. I anything. actually am sweating, so no, this is too. good. I'll just, all I'll right, just sweat. all right. Here's only a few, so. <sighs> I'm ready. Okay. What is your most useless skill? I can wiggle my ears. Really? Yeah, great. Can Let's I watch see? it. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on, now I'm going to sweat doing it. Okay, wait. Can Whoa. you see it? Yeah. Okay, great. I wonder if they can see it on camera. I'll I zoom in. Okay, great. <laughs> I'll so zoom in when I go to edit. I learned how to do it when I was like three because my uncle could do it. And like he would like show off and be like, can you do this? And I was like, I don't know. I practiced for like literally a year to do that. I'm like thinking about it now and like how the logistics would go. It's almost like try like moving your like forehead back. It's the same kind of muscle. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same kind of muscle. Wait, what? <laughs> what you have to like like i'm like doing it in my headphones like it's like <laughs> like like <laughs> Jesus. like you just gotta focus on like your eye muscles and like all of a sudden i know everybody in this room is trying it right now. Yeah. <laughs> trying to, like, everyone listening like they're in their car like oh i know they're, it. At, they're at their desk and the ones like, that and the ones that can do it know exactly what i'm talking about i wish i could describe this better but i i'm not doing that so here we are <laughs> All right. Frick. Ear wiggling. Yes. <laughs> Pointless skill. Nice. All right. Title of the last book you read and would you recommend it? Oh, wait. What did I just read? I read it by Ellen something and I would recommend it. Shoot. Um, oh, something paradise. Trouble Trouble in Paradise was one of them. It was a, it was a, what did they call that? A try. Um, a, I want to say trifecta, but it's, it's not, not a sequel. It's a trilogy trilogy yes. it was a trilogy yeah. and it's by ellen something and she writes like these beach reads but they're mysteries and so i'm like i'm a sucker for like a rom-com moment but like i get bored because you all know it's gonna happen they're gonna fall in love naturally but with yeah. the mysteries it keeps me interested um one of them is called trouble in paradise i'll find out i'll give it to you okay. so you can put I'll it on the yeah, yeah, yeah yeah but it's a good book you guys yeah. should read it love it um what is a non-negotiable part of your morning routine making my bed I That's wake up, one. the first thing I do, make my bed. I don't know. I think I read some one of those like self-help things when I was like eighth grade. And I've made my bed ever since. And it just like sets my day in routine. And Was like, it the book Make Your Bed? Oh, no. I don't think so. No. Did you read it? Of course you did. Because yeah. we're the same human. Yeah. yeah. That's insane. <laughs> um, but I remember being on tour and me and my manager would share a room. And like we're sleeping in hotel rooms where they make your bed for you like right. you don't have to do that and like i remember the first time she was like in my room with me or whatever i like got out of bed and like started making the hotel bed <laughs> <laughs> and she's like what are you doing and i'm like it's part of my routine if you want me to be sane on this trip we're doing this we're and making the like, bed okay <laughs> i love it so yeah uh, what is your favorite piece of clothing in your closet right now like one clothing or like uh, like, like jackets like a or piece of clothing okay oh my gosh my grandfather's fur jacket it's fake okay but I over um the holidays like he had the best style he passed away like a while ago but he had the best style and my aunt like finally put all of his stuff in storage and she was like it's just sitting there like you guys should take some and I got this like I literally posted a picture of it on my Instagram because I'm obsessed with it it's like freaking massive and I just looked like this little like New York Valley girl but like I feel really cool in it so that's probably my favorite one right now. I love it what song is on repeat right now um oh Ver Vertigo by Griff Okay. I 
love that song. There's something about that chorus that like is an earworm. Mm. Yeah. I haven't heard it, but I'll okay. have to look it up. I'll send it to you. Okay. Um, celebrity crush. <gasps> There's so many. Um, who's that guy? I'm so okay. Here's the problem. Like with artists too, and with actress actors, like I'm gonna be like, I'll be describing them entirely. I can name every movie they were in, but I'll never remember their name. And same with songs. Like I'm like, oh, I'll be able to sing the whole song. Forget the artist name. It's really bad. Um, oh, he had like a famous grandfather. He's in Longest Ride. This is the most. Cool. Ooh, I just watched. The yes, Longest Charles Ride. something, um, isn't it? Is it the lead in Longest Ride? Yeah. Oh, let's look it up. Oh my God, he's so I just cute. Longest. Did he have like a little bit of an accent too? E maybe Scott Eastwood. Yes. Yeah, he's cute. Charles. Where the frick was I getting that from? Yeah. S uh, Scott Eastwood. He's so cute. Yeah. Like I'm in such like I'm into like the little rugged like outdoorsy guys. Oh yeah, yeah he's so no, cute. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it. He's love cute. it. Love he's it. Cute. And the final question Great. that I ask all of my guests. Okay. The average age of my podcast listener is about 22. Cool. Love so it. if you could go back and tell your 22-year-old self one thing, what would it be? Oh, this is good. Okay, I want to, like, think on this. Take if I could tell myself one thing at 22, like, this sounds so lame, but it's actually probably what I would tell myself. It's, like, be where you are. Like, the classic thing of, like, be where your feet are, like, soak up every minute because even though you're worried about the future and worried about what's going to happen and if you'll do good things or if you'll whatever like you are living that moment for the only time that you're living it and the people in it you might not see again so soak that in and be where you are such good advice it's so cheesy but i think the cheesiest advice is why it's cheesy is because it said so much because it's true this Thank you so much for coming on today. I'm stoked. This was so fun. We're just parallel living. We really are. The, like the similarities are kind of weird. It's insane. It's literally scary. But whatever. Kind of weird. Um, if people want to check out your music or follow you on social, where can they do that? Um, sorry, I'm busy. S R R Y, um, and then I'm busy. B I Z Z Y. Um, on Instagram, TikTok, Spotify, it's just B I Z Z Y in all caps, and then YouTube is sorry, I'm busy too. And I'll have all those linked in the show notes for you guys. Yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Thank you, Busy, for joining us. Thanks for us. having me. This is so fun. Yeah, I'm so glad you got to come on and we got to chat. Me too. Um, love you guys so much. If you enjoy the show, please be sure to give it a rating and review. That just helps more people find and listen to the show. Um, you can follow me on Instagram. All that will be linked in the show notes. Follow Busy. Check out our music. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye.